You're listening to the Creating Healthy Families podcast, a podcast designed to prompt purposeful relationships in your family. Now, here's your host, Link Taylor. Hey, folks, welcome to our Creating Healthy Families. Thank you for joining us today as we continue discussing all things families, uh, maybe primarily through the lens of a, of a parenting or in a marriage relationship and uh uh, we're still in the midst of the effects of our pandemic, uh, COVID-19, kind of starting to reopen uh, in the area, and churches are starting to open. And so, uh, yeah, so we're still living in the midst of that. And so uh, joining us today to discuss some things centered around our quarantine time is Roger Severino. Roger, welcome, man. Glad you're here. Thank you, Link. Glad to be or here. Dr. Severino. Yes, Dr. Taylor. <laughs> yes. Uh, Roger is on our staff here at Brentwood Baptist Church. He kind of oversees all things leadership and our adult ministry here at the Brentwood campus uh, and beyond. And uh, so, Roger, man, glad you're here. So tell us a little bit about your family, a little, little bit about what you do here uh, in our church. Sure, absolutely. So in terms of family, I've been married to Marianne for over 30 years. I think we hit 31 this upcoming June. Yeah. And I have yeah. Let uh, me say a word. Yeah, You're please. always in front of me. Yes, a little bit on just a bit. Kids getting married, getting your doctorate, uh, <laughs> uh, anniversaries. Birthdays, you're always just uh, so I'm just watching and learning from you because okay. you're always there before <laughs> I am. So anyway, <laughs> so yes, so Marianne's been a blessing in my life. Uh, three kids. So Stephen, who's 26, currently lives in uh, Atlanta. He's working for. A, uh, he's a consultant with a group called KPMG. My daughter Kelly. Um, she is uh, married. Uh, she and her. She's 24. Married to Branson. They live in downtown Nashville. He's a banker, and she's. Uh, has a flower business, and then my son Jake just completed his freshman year at Vanderbilt, and he has a summer job that's uh, keeping him occupied. So, that, but they're we're thankful they're all doing very well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love your family, Roger, and love uh, getting to know them through the years and to watch your your love for your kids. And mm-hmm. it's pretty awesome to see the passion that you have. So, so tell us about one thing about Roger that maybe we didn't know. Well, uh, wow. What do you uh, love to do? I love to do, okay? I love to travel. Love, you know, we when time and money allows to do, do so, Marianne and I love to think about ways that we will get away, whether that's going out west. Uh, and we, we've kind of found a rhythm that we like combining the urban experience with some outdoor experience. So during my sabbatical last year, we the, the urban experience was both in Seattle and in mm. Vancouver. And then, but then we went to places like Mount Rainier, and we went to places like Whistler and other places. Uh, so we're always planning how, how can we combine those two experiences. Also, we love traveling overseas when, once again, when time and uh, opportunity allow for that. Yeah, and, and you and so. me are very similar. Yes, and especially the outdoors. Yeah, yeah. I love yes, the yes. urban, maybe to get some good coffee, but then I'm yeah. back yeah, into, yeah, yeah. back into national parks. And uh, so yeah, so but Roger, thank you for coming in, and uh, Roger. Uh, has a uh, a heart for reaching and encouraging and challenging men uh, in our church, uh, those that know the Lord, those that do not know the Lord. Mm-hmm. He is uh, – uh, really, it's been awesome to see his heart and how he uh, mobilizes men in, in small group ministry um, and encouraging them. So, yeah, I just wanted to reach out to him, bring him in today to talk about uh, – uh, Maybe through the lens of a husband and a father, you know, through these last couple of months of of what all has been happening, 
Uh, let me just ask you, what, what did we learn or what are we continuing to learn or did we learn from the quarantine, um, you know, during this, uh, these last couple of months? Yeah. You know, I certainly don't, um, don't feel qualified to speak for, for everyone or even the majority of people because I haven't done those kind of survey research, but here's my sense. My sense is that all of a sudden we had, we were, most of us were following the stay at home measures which meant that we were spending a lot more time at home. And that was, I think, in some ways, a, a test for us to see, to ask questions like, how am I doing as, as a husband? How am I doing as a, as a father? Um, now, I, I want to be careful here because I realize that um, different people who may be listening to this podcast may be in very different situations. So, um, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden, if you faced a lot of stress, that you failed the test. Um, listen, if you came home and you had to figure out a new rhythm of doing your work and you had young kids at home, that can be a stressor. That can be a challenge. Or if all of a sudden you had a loss of income or you know, possibly a loss of a job, those are certainly stressful situations. So I want to acknowledge that and at least give allowance for that, even as, you know, I talk about this COVID-19 being a test of us in our home life. But at the same time, it, it, it was a test. and it, it does allow us to ask questions like, uh, how is my marriage, you know? And, and then how, how am I relating to my to my kids? So I sometimes use the metaphor or the analogy of a thermostat and yeah. a thermometer. So mm-hmm. let me begin actually with the thermometer. So the difference is, of course, the thermometer just checks the temperature of something that exists, and just that's all it does. It doesn't try to change anything. It just lets you know what's what the temperature is, you know, in your house or in your body or, or something like that or outside. Whereas the thermostat, of course, when we go to adjust that thermostat, either in the heat or the or the cool, to to, to we want to affect the temperature, right? We want to actually bring about change. So, you know, the thermometer a part of, of the question is, you know, boy, all of a sudden being at home gave us a chance to see how is my marriage, how is my parenting, what does it reveal? So I'll, I'll stop there, and if you have questions, I'll, I'll go yeah, from there. Yeah, no, yeah. Before we get into best practices in a minute, I'm going to spend some time on that. What, what do you think some of the obstacles have been in what men— uh, because there, there's going to be some awareness and observations in their own lives and hearts, and whether it's time they're spending or focus or where they're spending their energy, mm-hmm. um, focusing on their wives or kids. But what do you think some of the obstacles have been when they've tried to maybe engage in some ways? Yeah. Well, certainly some of the obstacles, particularly during this COVID time, would be you know how. how Asking questions like, how do I balance uh, my work life with giving proper attention to my home life? Um, How do I love my wife well? And what are the obstacles to that? Um, You know, sometimes we as men, we have a tendency to say, well, the way that I love my family is by providing for them. Mm -hmm. And so we tend to think that, which certainly that is a great way that we uh, uh, love our families by providing for them. But you know, there's that old question of how, how, does, how does the person receive love? How do they, what is their love language? Of course, there's that book that talks about that. And so I think what we find many times is that though certainly I think our wives uh, appreciate uh, maybe the, um, 
the, the ind- industry that we put in, the hard work that we put in, the work ethic that we put in for, for many of us, and maybe our kids appreciate that too. For many of them, uh, them that the, that's not their primary love language. Um, you know, so for a kid, I've heard it said that, uh, you know, kids spell love at T-I-M-E. And so do we, you know, spend the appropriate time and, and prioritize that time and, and balance that out? And, um, you know, life is not always nicely tied up in a bow where I can always in every situation say, okay, I'm going to put my family before my work time-wise. Because certainly the reality of life yeah. is that sometimes we have to, uh, you know, uh, there are times I have to give more time to work. But but I, but I always like to think in terms of long-term, big picture. Am I prioritizing my marriage? Yeah. Am I giving it the time and, and, and attention it deserves and for my parenting I, as well? I think, um, well, I, I do. Uh, not just think, but I've seen it in action where I think men have allowed culture to shape what the indicators are of of, of being a successful father or husband. Mm-hmm. Because just the, you know, we talked about this language, this rat race of that we're in. The, this quarantine has caused us all just to almost stop dead in our tracks and mm-hmm. uh, and to just how do we prioritize? And so, yeah, there was a a shifting that was happening and trying to survive and all that all that type of thing but i think it has allowed us to stop and think hey, what is important because going back to what men see as provider versus one who cultivates relationships um because i think a lot of men think that's just what they're supposed to do yeah. and um and so they just kind of get in this 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 churning the waters of providing you know, things and resources and objects, you know, that, that would benefit, they think would benefit their children and, 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 and wife, but what it really is is being with them. Yeah. And, it, and that's huge. Yeah. That's right. And then, you know, we talk about uh, men as leaders in the home. Well, part of that is that we don't relegate, quote, unquote, the domestic life to our spouses. You know, right. we, you know we're, we're pursuers, right? H- how am I pursuing my wife? How am I pursuing my kids? And those are areas where sometimes we as men can be passive. And uh, my challenge and or my encouragement to any any man, and particularly those listening to this, would be: How are you doing? Are you taking the initiative to seek out your wife, to learn her a love language, to um, really make her feel like she's being heard and loved, and and to, and to your kids as well? Um, now, I my own experience personally is that I can't always judge how I'm doing as a father simply by how my kids are doing because, Link, you know some of my story that uh, there have been, you know, seasons in, in, our, in our family where kids have, you know, uh, you know gone through season of rebellion or, mm-hmm. or something like that. But still, regardless of their response, I am still called as a father to how do I love them well, love them in a way that doesn't enable bad behavior but still pursues them and loves them. And um, so once again, not always using the results as, as the indicator because the results don't, can't always tell the full story. But, you, but we as fathers, we still have that responsibility to love and pursue our kids and uh, to not be passive in that area. Yeah. And I've also seen, you know, as far as obstacles, <laughs> is men, men love to, to uh, and, and I th- I'm in this boat, maybe you too, you know, we want to be seen as we have it all together. Mm. We we have it figured out. We're yeah. in control. We know what to do in whatever situation it is. And sometimes in the organic nature of family, oh. 
Woo, it's it's messy. It's, it's we don't messy. know what's next. And so a lot of times fathers who in a business world it's a little more process yes. oriented and kind of efficiency, you know, it's these exactly. the protocols are are in order, but in family it's a little easier it's easier to stay away from it and just to hope for the best. But what we gotta do is do the harder thing and get in yeah. there and so I think feeling inadequate yes. would be Absolutely. a big obstacle for a father. Absolutely. Yeah. And we all do, or guys. Yeah, yeah, we all do. There's none of us who are professionals who have it all down. It is messy. Home life is messy. And you're right, Link, that most of us as men who, who are employed, we're in a job, once again, most of us, not everybody, where we're in this job because it relates to certain competencies that we have, certain skills that we have. And particularly over time, maybe we hone in on those skills. And we know it's it's clearly defined, you know, what our objectives are at work. And we can to a certain extent, master some of those things. Not perfectly, but, yeah. but and, and so we have some of those strokes at work, and we come home, and we don't have those same strokes. Yeah, because it's messy, and because it's relational, and it's not it's not simply a skill of competency. Yeah. and so I, you know, I think the encouragement is for all of us men to realize, hey guys, it's going to be messy. I'm in that boat. Link's in that boat. We're all in that boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, marriage is not a problem to be solved. Parenting is not a problem to be solved. It's it's a it's a people thing. And whenever you bring people in, it gets messy. Yeah. And it's relational. And yeah. we're I am we're all learning. I remember when I was younger, uh, the girls were younger, and I was coming home, and uh, and I don't know if Joellen used this word or not, but it's almost like, you know, the family's just getting the leftovers from me. Now this is a yeah. while back, and it it really. Uh, Kind of a shock and awe, and for me because yeah. they need I need to give them my best, yeah, uh, in in all types of situations, and you know, uh, knowing their love languages and speaking into them and speaking life into them and responding to where they are and knowing where they are, knowing who their friends were at that time, and and I was yeah. I, I was doing that, and uh, as though I was I was uh, using that I was simply uh, present with them versus really truly being with them and, and right. available to them. And so, you know, and I don't know how many listeners are, you know, that kind of resonates with you. And if it stings a little bit, it's okay, because yeah. I've been stung a sure, lot me too. When it, Absolutely. of how it, it just kind of wakes us up and we have these aha moments. And so, um, but yeah, we just turn the corner. And and I think, Roger, that's some of the stuff that your heart is, is to have men come together in groups mm-hmm. and to talk about this, the real life nature it's the life-on-life life opportunity that family presents uh, where it's outside of – it's not just simply s- sitting down and looking through a Bible passage mm-hmm. and knowing the three to four things from it, and then you move on. It's it's That's lived out yeah. in all the beauty and ugliness of family. Sure. And so, uh, yeah, so if you're, if you're one of those that just feels inadequate – Welcome to the club. Yes, and um, mm-hmm. and just want to encourage you to uh, to get with uh, you know some other men's. And I know we have our our men in training here yes. on Thursday mornings. You can contact Roger Absolutely. and find out more about that. So, anything else uh, from the thermostat or thermometer yeah, that you, you want to know, talk well, about? Well, just you know when you were talking about. Um, you know, maybe a, a time in the past when Joellen said something to you. Um, I, you know, I think about my own life, and I just want to acknowledge. I've kind of hinted at this, but let, let me just acknowledge: we go through different seasons. I'll be honest. You know, I mean, Link and I are now the season of life where we have 
relatively grown kids. You know, we our youngest is in college, but even then they're fairly independent right. and certainly um, from day-to-day needs or, or they take care of themselves. Uh, Link, I certainly remember when, when I had two or sometimes three young kids at home and I was with a church plant that demanded everything that I had and and more. And so, you know, I think back about that season of being a father and a husband and and a pastor at a church plant, and I was exhausted. And um, I certainly relate to your comment of my kids getting the leftover. I, I tried as best I could for that not to be true. And and so, you know, I don't want to be too hard on, on myself because I, I do think that I, I continue to see it as a value and continue to keep it as a priority. Um, but in order to to do that, it, it you know it, I just I do remember days where I was exhausted. So yeah. I'll, I'll do want to acknowledge that you know I'm in a different season now. You know um, my kids are pretty self sufficient, and I yeah I still have to parent them, I still have to love them, but it, it looks different. Right. And so and yeah. the amazing thing, the the incredible impact that the gospel has on situations like that you just yeah. mentioned. Whether if you're a listener and you're thinking, well, my kids are older, I've, and we all, when we are confronted with this, uh, these challenges of being our best as parenting, we're also confronted with a sense of guilt that we've, man, I've blown it all these years. But the thing about the gospel is yes. this this redemptive story yes. and and moving forward from that because the story's not done. Yeah, I mean it continues to be written, and I have to. It's a reminder to, to me. Mm-hmm. It may be maybe I'm the only one that needs to hear it, but it's just a reminder to me of this restoration and God using uh, the past, whatever it is. To you know, we can God can redeem it and make it, it make it even more powerful in the relationship between a father and a son or a daughter moving forward, whatever the age. Absolutely. And so that's just a powerful point because uh, we can be riddled with, oh, I've blown it. I mean, I've been there so many times. Oh, I've mm-hmm. blown it. And uh, but what does it look like to redeem that and move forward? Yeah. Because that's all you can do. Absolutely. So anyway, so t- tell me, uh, Roger, real quick. You got some best practices you wanted to share? Yeah. So Let's I, share those. I, you know, I I just kind of came, uh, just sat down and wrote down five best practices. I think that that maybe steps moving forward, and this maybe relate to more that thermostat idea. So we've talked about the thermometer, taking the temperature of how COVID nineteen is revealed. Uh, maybe our, our things about our marriage or things about our parenting, maybe it's been encouragement, maybe things to work on. I, I, I'll, you know, I know for me, for, for me, I almost feel guilty saying this. I've, Link, I've kind of enjoyed being at home, you know, and even oh, yeah. working from home. And granted, you know, we haven't had a loss of income. I don't have young kids. I have to try to balance with my work. So uh, it's been, it's been, it's been a, a good time. It's, you know, I think for Marianne and I, we've enjoyed it. We've enjoyed having uh, Jake at home. He had to leave the dorm and come home and and we tried to practice sheltered home, so we had sweet times with him that we would have never had otherwise. And you know, games playing, uh, nights playing games like cards and oh, yeah. different things. So that was fun. So uh, those th- there are opportunities. But let, let me leave leave you guys or leave with five things, best practices that I think maybe moving forward. One is to listen, and maybe a question to ask yourself is: Would your wife say that you're a good listener? Uh, do you feel you know her heart, her dreams, her fears? Uh, none of us do this perfectly, guys. Okay, but this is always an area where where we can grow. I've always heard it, I've heard it said before that listening equals love. Taking the time to listen attentively 
so much so that you 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 know you could you could pair it back with what your wife is saying. How about your kids? Do they feel like you at least attempt to understand them? You know, maybe sometimes we don't understand them, but but uh, but one of the greatest things you can do for them once again is to listen. Well, um, I re- we have a, a ministry here um, called Coaching, and, and um, I remember and, and coaching. A lot of what coaching is is listening well and asking powerful questions. And I was talking to one of the guys that had been training coaching, and he said, "You know what? I, I thought I was doing this for kind of a ministry." He said, "He said what I learned is it helped my marriage so well." And I said, well, "What do you mean by that? Unpack that for me." He said, "Well, the skills of listening well." And then asking questions based on what I'm hearing, not trying to solve the person's problem, but just asking clarifying questions. And he said, I started, I noticed, I noticed that I started doing that at home and it, it revitalized my marriage. And so, you know, maybe that's an encouragement, listening well and then asking questions based on listening well. That's good. That's real good. A second one is, and I've already referred to this, is speak their love language. You know, like I said earlier, we may feel like, oh, yeah, I, I show them love every time I leave the door and I, I check in at work and I work hard and I bring in a paycheck. That's great. But um, but maybe that's not speaking their love language. So whether it's reading a book like The Five Love Languages or just asking your, your spouse, your wife directly, hey, honey, what makes you feel loved? Do you feel loved by the things that I do? What is your love language? Uh, and asking that for your kids, too. And, and the thing is, your kids are different. I know mine. I have three very different kids. And the way that uh, I relate to them and the way that speaks to their love language is going to be a difference. So that would be my, my, my second uh, takeaway. A third one would be prioritize time with your family. And I've alluded to this as well, too. Just, you know, we're going to have a lot of things pulling at us work-wise or otherwise, other commitments. But to say, you know what, as a, as a husband, this is a covenant relationship that I have with my wife, and it's the picture of Christ and the church. And God has called me to nurture this. And so uh, am I going to prioritize time and energy with my family, with my wife, and then also with my children? Maybe that's date nights. Maybe that's just making sure you're getting mm-hmm. times on the calendar. A fourth one would be, um, can you take any good routine that you've developed during quarantine into the new normal? Now, some of that may be out of your control. I mean, I'll be honest. I would love the idea of Jake continuing to come home and us right. playing games and and doing things of that. I have a feeling that once Jake can hang out with his college buddies, <laughs> that may not be his priority, which is fine. That's that's probably what he 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 should be doing. But I I, I love this that we can so easily default back to to the rhythms that we used to have. But yeah, yes. that's great. Yeah, don't waste. Don't waste what you've what learned. What we've learned. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. I mean, the slower pace, if there is something, if you're kind of like me and you're like, man, I, I've, I, I've kind of enjoyed the slower pace. I've kind of liked the rhythms that I've established. And well, who's to say that we can't um, continue some of that? Let's yep. not assume that we have to go back to whatever we were experiencing pre-pandemic mm-hmm. life, right? You know, what is something maybe that you could take from these past uh, two or three months and say, hey, you know what? This is a value that's been good for my family. How can I, if I even if I can't fully implement it under the new normal, may, maybe I can partially take some of this and, and, and be intentional about doing that. Yeah, I think it's so. what can you move off your calendar plate? Yes. That's a nice to do yes. that we think it's because, you know, it was, it's just a must, but it's not. And so yeah. I think that's it right there. I think, yes, there are those things we have to do. We have to go to work. 
we have to do certain things. But I, th- yeah, and my wife and I actually this morning on our back porch, we're talking about this right here. Yeah, is is what have we learned, and how do we make sure that we don't simply revert back to whatever normal was in the past? It's not going to be in a sense in a lot of ways, but. But there is it easy to default back to okay now here we go let's let's just continue to revert back and default back, but what do we do? What are we doing now that we make sure that we do not lose and we build into the rhythms of our life? So anyway, that's Good. fantastic, Roger. Yeah. Good work. And here's my fifth and final one is delight in your wife, that's delight great. in your kids. Amen. You know now I understand that being a father sometimes means that you have to. Uh, parent, which means sometimes you have to discipline. So I understand all those things, and 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 I'm not under I'm not saying you don't need to do those things. Yes, you need to do those things, but your kids should know that that you're not primarily a disciplinarian, although that is part of your role. That you primarily just delight in them. I think about I, I want to see God that way. I, I confess I often don't, but I want to see God as delighting in me as His child, as His son. And and I want to experience that, and, and in experiencing that, I want to delight in my children. I want to delight in Marianne. I believe that she will flourish, uh, partially at least to the extent that that I, as her husband, delight in her. I think my kids will flourish partially as a result of their father delighting in in them. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, yes, there there may be things about your kids that annoy you. There may be habits about your, your spouse that maybe you don't like. No. no. Oh, well, you know, and I'm sure there's nothing in, in you or me that, that, no, that, that would annoy them. Of our course. listeners. <laughs> but, but, but still, I think the bottom line is delight in them. Delight in mm, your wife. So and, and do it in a way that hopefully she feels it and experiences that. And for your kids, too, that you would delight in them. So, um, you know, even... You know, we've we've had some difficult seasons with our kids, but I, I've always wanted to communicate. Yes, it's hard now, but I, I still love you and I still delight in you. And Man, so, uh, anyway, th- those would be some things. Maybe some some that thermostat of of hey, how, how can we turn the heat up in a good sense on, on our on our marriages and on our uh, relationship with our kids and make them warm Man. and thriving. Fantastic content, and thank you for. Uh, for that, I appreciate it. Now, I did not ask you this beforehand, but let me let me ask you. Yeah, Roger, you love to read books. I do love to read. What are two to three books <laughs> or one book? Yeah, to speaking to a father or husband. Oh, okay. It could be not necessarily on fatherhood or being yeah. a husband. What What are some of those that have? It could be a newer book. It could be an older yeah. book. What, what, well, what are it, those go to books? Maybe for you. Yes, you know, um, I think about some of those books. Um, you know, that have really impacted me. Maybe even more earlier on, maybe 20 years ago that I read, you know, not that I don't need to learn things now. I certainly do. But I do think about certain books that maybe stood out a little bit more. Um, there's a book by um, Stu Weber called um, – oh, what's the name of it? It is called um, – but anyway, he I'll we can get, put that in our notes. Yeah, yeah, I'll, the, I'll put that in the notes. But but basically, it it has the idea of oh, here it is, tender warrior. What oh, he does a great job with in that book is casting the vision of the two sided role that we have as men, uh, and then particularly how it relates to uh, our marriages and our parenting. And any 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 talks about other areas of life too. But but what I love about that the metaphor of a tender warrior is on the one hand, yes, we're called to be warriors. We're called to fight. We're called to enter the battle. I mean, the scriptures, Ephesians 6, talks about that we put on the full armor of God. So we know that we are called to a battle. And so, um, you know, we are called to to be that strong man. 
And yet, at the same time, he cast this vision of it's a man with a with a heart, with a with a heart of love. And I love that idea, the metaphor of a tender warrior. And so it's not just the feminized mm-hmm. man that sometimes our culture promotes, but nor is it this macho kind of distant man that that maybe another part of our culture promotes. He says neither one of those are really the biblical version. Mm-hmm. That's good. The biblical version is this idea of a tender warrior. And so I remember reading that and thinking that's what I aspire to be. I I don't want to be passive. I want to be active, um, and, and but I also want to be be I want to be so I want to be that warrior, but I also want to be tender. Another book would be uh, Raising a Modern Day Knight, and that yep. specifically relates to um, raising sons. But I tell you, it, it has a further implication and application. One, it helps me think about if I'm teaching this, uh, my son what is manhood. Oh, I'm learning myself what Careful. manhood is, yeah. and I can pretend that oh yeah, this is just for my son to pass on. But boy, when I read that book. That was like, oh yeah, yeah. you know, uh, you know, the thing of rejecting passivity, accepting responsibility, leading courageously, and seeking the greater reward, meaning God's reward, not the world's reward. When I read that book as a father, I thought this is a great thing to pass on to my sons. But boy, this is also speaking to me. This is what it means to be a man. Yeah. And so, so anyway, those those are no, two. That's of great. Them. No, I appreciate you uh, you sharing that, man. Thank you, Roger, for coming in today. I appreciate it. I'm gonna turn it back to our listeners. Uh, if you're a father, a husband, maybe even even a, a wife, a mother that's listening, um, just want to encourage you to just to take take some time and to um, maybe to jot down some things that Roger has said. Um, maybe it was the books he just talked about. Maybe it was some points. It was the thermostat or the or the thermometer illustration. Uh, just to take some time to write some things down. Uh, uh, maybe some next steps that you might want to take so where it's not just you're encouraged, which I pray you are uh, from today, but it's actually where do you go from here? And don't waste where God prompts something in your heart and in your mind of, to turn it into an action step. So, But we do appreciate your time. And uh, as always, want to finish with our quote here, wherever you are as a family, that's a great place to start. So thank you again. Until next time.